fam. Happy Tuesday. So there's no episode in the regular feed this week. It's one of the two weeks per year we take off. So instead, we wanted to share with you ad-free episode one of our coverage of Netflix's Killer Inside, The Mind of Aaron Hernandez from our Patreon feed. It's a three-episode series, and all three episodes are available to binge right now on the Patreon feed. As per usual, we had lots of thoughts and feelings about this one, from the gay stuff to the head injury stuff to the Boston accents to the Dunkin' Donuts step and repeat, don't even get me started. We were obsessed. The Patreon feed is where you can also get our episode-by-episode coverage of Don't F With Cats, The Murder of Lacey Peterson, The Menendez Murders, The Jinx, and so many more. You can find all 130 full bonus episodes at patreon.com slash truecrimeobsessed, or go to the website and click on the Patreon link. All right, you guys, we love you. Enjoy. New day, new series. What are we talking about? Killer Inside, The Mind of Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. Aaron Hernandez does the football. I could give a shit about football. I'm on the record. Okay. I could give a shit about football. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, same. I don't love people who cheat. I know. The Patriots have a factual history with not being great. I know. And it comes back with Aaron Hernandez and how they weren't great about him either. So, I, I want to go on the record. Look, Jillian and I have talked about this off mic. We are coming to Boston. Boston is truly my hometown. I grew up on Cape Cod. I went to college at Emerson. I want to be very careful because we're going to have shit to say about the Patriots and we're going to have shit to say about Boston. But yeah. Boston, we love you. Every time I've been to Boston, I loved it. I can't wait to go back. I love Boston as a city. But as a New Yorker, this New York versus Boston thing is not fucking new to me. But also, I root for the Red Sox. I root for the Red Sox because I'm a Mets person. So, like, is that even? Can you that guys, be fine? Just please don't throw anything at us from the audience when we're doing our live show in Boston. Boss, they didn't cheat. No, I... Our listeners didn't cheat. I don't think. When I lived there and, like, the reputation of Boston was that it was, like, rough. I, like, loved that and now I'm afraid. <laughs> we'll be okay, girl. Are we going to talk about the opening credits music or are we not? It's like a Spielberg Disney, but it's so quick. It like it just—it's this big crescendo, and then it just stops. Are we are we on? Is this thing on? Are we doing this? It's yeah. like it's like when they pull the curtain up and you're like in that dream where you're like the actor dream, the stress dream where you're out on stage and you're either naked or you don't know your lines and you're just like, am I, are we doing I, it? I have that the, dream all the time. The, by the way, the overture ended. I know. I'm just sitting there. Oh God, I didn't know my lines. Oh God, I'm on for Adelaide and I didn't know. <laughs> For me, it's like, I'm always like, oh, God, I'm on for Karen Olivo and in the Heights, and I don't know my lines. Oh, my God, totally. No, 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 Mr. John, sorry, not the time. Not today. Not today. Not today. So it finally starts, and it starts with a phone call from prison. And he's, you know, on the phone with Shayana Jenkins, his fiance. I don't want to wait. I want to, I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. We're not going to sing the whole way through, but if a Paula Cole reference comes up, I'm going to take it. Okay, you give me Karen Olivo, you give me Paula Cole. I'm only human. What am I supposed to do? Just sit here? What am I supposed to do? Just stand here like an object? Because now we're into the birdcage. So look, 
Okay? Please. I don't want to wait to talk about Shayana, the wife. It sounds like she doesn't really like him all that much in this phone call. But you know what it also sounds like? She's a very smart, independent, tough woman yeah. who I really want to like. And then I'm like, oh, wait, are you garbage? I haven't watched this whole series. Uh, there's some great things and some not so great things about uh, yes. Shayana. So anyway, we're on the phone. And then, you know, they have this cute exchange where, like, she's being tough. And she's like, bitch, you're in jail. And I'm mad at you about it. I talk to my lawyers. As long as you have a case, if you have a baby with someone, you're allowed a one-time visit every now and then. So if you want to see me. Yeah, maybe. Kidding. Mommy being bad girl. I don't think anything wrong. She said dada. And she gets madder. Yeah, she sure does. <laughs> Ooh. As she shut, like, of course. If Steve went to jail, can I tell you how mad I would be? Well, yeah, because, like, where would you go? You wouldn't eat. You I, wouldn't know I where know. anything was. I would How do I turn the TV on? You need, like, a light, like a light bulb would go out, Steve. I'd be Tracy Jordan in every episode of Dirty Rock. That's exactly it. <laughs> For some people, Aaron Hernandez was so gigantic because he was so young when he signed this $40 million contract with the Patriots. And let me just say, like, Boston listeners, you can go get some coffee right now because I'm going to say a whole lot of stuff you already know. Okay. It's like sports and Dunkin' Donuts are the only things mm. that people in Boston care about. I love Dunkin' Donuts. It's the same. Oh, my God. Same. But, like, the sports in Boston is so important. So, like, for a sports star, not even like an OJ has been sports star, like a current day, very popular sports star to get arrested, it is such big big news. He, it's unbelievable. He basically won the Super Bowl for the Patriots the right. year before his arrest. Exactly. But so then we meet this lady journalist who's totally me who's like, when I got the call from my editors that Aaron Hernandez could be involved in a crime, the first question that popped into my head was, who's Aaron Hernandez? Bitch who? Because her dude bro co-workers are like, dude, right. or the Patriots <laughs> might be in trouble. It's Aaron Hernandez, brah. And she's like, dot, dot, dot. Who's Aaron Hernandez? <laughs> so now this this lady journalist, she gives him a goog, and she's like... He was seen as this very hardworking, talented, extremely talented football player who had nearly won the Super Bowl for the Patriots just the year before. So this guy was huge. Oh, this is why people like Aaron Hernandez. Right. Because he's a gigantic celebrity, and he's 23, and he's just at the start of his career. It's yeah. a really big deal that he's been arrested for the murder of Odin Lloyd. So then we... This is a thing that I really don't get. We are outside a bail hearing or whatever and we see him he's gonna be held without bail we cut to the outside of the courthouse and there are instantly hundreds of people outside holding signs chanting innocent 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 like they are blindly allegiant to the sports guy i don't get it i want to say something here mm -hmm. if the indigo girls got arrested sure. for murder yeah i would listen to all the facts before i made my poster board with my glitter and my highlighters uh -huh. and was standing outside the bail hearing screaming innocent 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 they just look like crazy people yeah you've heard no evidence and you're just standing outside screaming innocent yeah bad luck so now we're learning you know we meet all these journalists and like this one journalist is saying like look aaron hernandez was not your average inmate right and the sheriff is like when he first came in i let him know up front uh, he's not going to be treated any better, any worse than anybody here. Might be a bit of an adjustment for him on the meals, I'm sure. Um, he's a pretty big guy, but uh, the reality is that when you come to jail, it does require some adjustments, and that's why we take these steps to make sure there's physical screening and, and proper mental health screening. The very first thing I said to Aaron Hernandez was, we are not going to treat you any better or any worse than anybody else who comes here. You're talking about Thomas? Yes. The Tom, sheriff? Tom Hodgden? Yeah. Well, at first, I'm like, he is wearing the biggest badge I've ever seen, and we see footage <laughs> from the press conference, and some reporter's like, that's a huge badge. It is. 
you guys mind? You know what? I'll make them. I really don't. Oh, sure. Please. Girl, that's a huge badge. And he's like, I didn't even pick it out. But I'm so, I felt very yeah. seen that as I was typing it, someone actually said the thoughts. It's the biggest badge. That's so funny. I didn't even notice it's it. It's very weird. But, you know, they want to do a physical screening and a mental health screening. He's on suicide watch. Yeah. And then we get a phone call between Aaron and his mother, Terry, who is like. Terry, who was not my dad. No, by no, the way. no. Terry, not my, you know, my dad is my mom's girlfriend, Terry. Not that Terry. Not Different her. Terry. Different did, Terry. Did your Terry spell it with an I? She did. Okay. And she looks eerily similar to Aaron Hernandez's mother. And you mother. grew up where? <laughs> That double life that Terry Hernandez is leading. Just saying. <laughs> so they're on the phone. Aaron Hernandez is talking to his mom about how perfect and cozy his cell is. And he's saying like... I love my cell. It's so cozy. You know what I always do? I always walk to my door, turn, and look the opposite way. And just look how, uh, how perfect my cell looks. I'll walk to the door and then turn around and really see it and see how perfect it is. <laughs> I've got two things to say about this. Number one, do people forget that their phone calls from prison are recorded? Um... Honestly, at some point, I forget that people listen to us. <laughs> you laugh, but it's no, true. No, I know. I say it all the time. Because like sometimes when we'll do an after party, Steve is like, wow, at the end, you guys are really loose-lipped. I'm like, well, we had been drinking at that point. But you guys, let us paint a picture. We are sitting in like a 10 by 7 room. Uh-huh. It's 87 degrees. It's There's dark. one light on. <laughs> we're staring into each other's eyes. We've been here for four hours. I'm sweating through my clothes. This is not our first recording, no. so we're all warmed up. But the other thing is, this is a thing that again doesn't sound as crazy to me as I think people want it to sound because think about Aaron Hernandez he's 23 years old or whatever he's so famous he's got so many fucking responsibilities people are nagging him he's got to go to practice he's got to what do you call it the sports rehearsal or whatever sure. he's got to, like people who want money he's got agents he's got managers oh a daughter what a pain I know. a fiance <laughs> just a real but handful. I'm just saying I can understand look I'm in a place in my life where I can understand that like a quiet cell where no one's going to talk to me for a little while sounds a little bit appealing well one of the I'm guard- not gonna murder. I'm not gonna murder anybody to get there. Yeah, well, we get two sides of it because one of the journalists is like, he went from a seven thousand square foot mansion to a seven by ten cell, like it was no problem. And the, even the most like veteran officers were chilled yeah. by this. Chilled. And then we get a guard who's like, his attitude was, you know, I'm here. I get three meals a day. I don't have nobody. I don't have to have people rely on me anymore. He was good with that. He loved it. He's like, I'm here. I get three meals a day. No one's relying on me no more. Bada bing, bada boom. Like, the pressure's off. Exactly. So we get all sides of the of the coin here. You guys, we get another call. We get a lot of calls in this. He's calling Shayana, his fiance. He's got a request. Can you do me a huge favor? It's just sending me, because uh, you don't have a librarian, so they just, like, pass out the books they okay. that were here. Uh, what for, books uh, am I going to be sending you, Aaron? Harry Potter's. Harry Potter's okay. What books am I sending you today, Aaron? She asks, annoyed. <laughs> but then he does that thing that makes me insane. Look. <laughs> now, now here's the thing. So he wants it's to It's not. Have, what you're going to say, it isn't. It's not. I, I love you and I love that you're giving him the benefit of the doubt. It's not. But it, it's, right? He asks for Harry Potter's and you're suggesting that perhaps he's asking for more than one Harry Potter book? For the Harry Potter's, which I don't agree with. <laughs> But he, like, wants her to go to Barnes & Nobles and get the Harry Potter. He wants her to stop at the Blockbusters, then go straight on to the Barnes & Nobles, get the Harry Potter, stop at the liquor store, get some Stolies. No. The adding of the S thing, is a, it's like a trigger for me. My mom used to do it. It makes me crazy. It's insane. I would love to know, really, on between all our episodes and after parties and everything, how many times we've talked about this. Like, it's a brand new realization. The listeners are like, we get it with the S's. But it makes me crazy. Barnes & Nobles, you guys. Don't. Any- Anyways, Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. 
nope, not doing it. Oh, oh, now, so like, of course, you know, this guy is famous. He's like a star of the Patriots. The head coach has to give a press conference. The only thing I care about about this press conference is that he's giving this press conference when his backdrop is a Dunkin' Donuts step and repeat. You guys, if you're you from said Boston, it. you said it. It runs in our veins. It runs in our veins. I'm telling you, the Dunkin', oh my God. So the thing is, it comes out that before Aaron Hernandez was drafted to the Patriots, people were wondering from the very beginning if he'd be a good influence on this team, questioning his moral character. Right. So we get this press conference with uh, Bill Belichick. Where's that goddamn bell? Dang, <laughs> boo! So he's like... As the coach of the team, you know, I'm primarily responsible for the people that we bring into the football operation. Um, our players are generally highly motivated and gifted athletes. They come from very different backgrounds. I'm responsible for the people we bring in. We look into every player's history, family, where they grow up, evaluate performance, blah, 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 blah. And this is important because it comes back later in this episode, episode two and episode three. It's yeah. very important that he was like, oh, we look into everybody. It's really important that everyone's like an A-plus stand-up, like real man of a man. Right. So now we're going back and we're meeting all of his like childhood friends. And I kind of loved getting this information. Like none of these people can believe that what they're hearing about their friend is true. Aaron was a superstar. He was great at what he did. He always walked around with a smile on his face. He was kind to everybody. He was like popular, good at sports, but he didn't make fun of other people. He like made fun of himself. Yeah, he was always smiling and he grew up in Bristol, Connecticut, which is very close to where he lived in Boston, which yeah. is important. And so we meet this friend, Steven, and he's like lifelong friends of Aaron. And he's like, when it first came out, I was obviously in denial mode. He never did this. You know, it's a conspiracy. This gang set him up. This gang set him up. This, this, this. I threw out a million different situations that would make sense to me because I knew who Aaron was. It doesn't make sense. This is not the person I grew up with. And I really knew him. I was a teammate. We were best friends. Like, it's just, this is the beginning of people being like, wait, what? Yeah, and then we learn that there's a a myth about Aaron Hernandez's growing up. Like, the myth is that, like, he grew up in some shitty town where there was drugs and crime. And they're like, no, Bristol, Connecticut was nice. Like, Bristol Central High School is a typical American high school. Perched up on a hill, it overlooks the city. Kids go there and then head off to some of the best colleges in America. It was a nice middle-class town. It was like a nice middle-class people. Like Aaron Hernandez came from a place where people go on to do good things. And he came from a legacy family of UConn. Yeah. Like his, his dad was a super famous uh, football player in the 70s, Dennis Hernandez. And someone was like... The Hernandezes, they were a UConn family. Their dog was named Yukon. Bro, their dog was named Yukon. <laughs> bro, bro. And I'm like, leave the pup out of it. You name your pup dog Yukon? <laughs> So, like, you know, his dad really built something of himself. And then we hear, remember, if you guys saw our live shows with Cocaine Island, we hear it again. You know, he came from this country from Puerto Rico. How many times do I have to say it? Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory and it has been since 1898. I don't know what to tell you. He really, he came all the way here from Puerto Rico. What are you saying? He came all the way into this country, you All guys. the way into this country without a fucking passport. Give me a break. Anyway, Aaron was a great sports player and a very... Very nice guy, and everybody knew it is the point. Are you ready to meet Dennis? I don't know how to say his last name. Sansucci? I'm going with Sansucci as a resident Italian here. <laughs> you guys, Dennis Sansucci is here. We got a lot to say about Dennis Sansucci. Yeah. So he says, I'll tell you what, when I met Aaron, man, it was like meeting your twin brother. It was so funny. We were both the same. He has dimples. We're both cheesy smile, all happy. 
when I met Aaron, it was like meeting my twin brother. They both had dimples. They were both a happy kid. They also look nothing alike, but I, I, I know what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, my totally. best friend Ashley and I, we were like each other's bones. It's totally. the, I, I get it. Uh, so listen, we're going to come back to Dennis. He's a major player in the third act of this episode. Right. So, you know, everyone talks about how like early on they just knew that he was like, you know, an athlete on another level. Yeah. And so at 14, Aaron, at 14. I had to rewind that. I was like, I must have gotten that age wrong. At 14 years old, Aaron Hernandez gets a UConn scholarship. We learn that his unbelievably hot brother goes to UConn mm-hmm. and he's the quarterback They're a UConn there. family. They the dog, UConn the dog, the whole thing. His brother is so hot. I, I, it's kind I, you guys give him a gook. It's really unreal. Like pick a sentence and go with it, girl. You can't. <laughs> I, I, like when I watched this the first time, I was like, wait, what? Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I can, you're not making a hundred percent eye contact with me. You're just looking and I'm like, JD's not here I'm right here girl (laughs) Not since Ryan Ferguson Have I Oh my god Anyway His brother is the quarterback there So they're saying that Like look This kid was 14 He went to UConn Sports ball camp Or whatever it's called And we could tell That he was amazing And we're gonna get him young When Aaron was 14 years old He had just started To hit puberty And he went to UConn camp And he absolutely dominated Every single player At the camp So they offered him A scholarship warranted At the age of 14 Aaron, being Aaron, was so happy and so joyful and so excited to just have a scholarship offer just from doing what he loves to do. He was said, yeah, I'm coming to UConn. Yeah, I take issue with that. I think it's great. Like, if you can get a scholarship when you're that young, but it kind of makes it pretty hard to change your mind, doesn't it? Yeah, he does anyway, though, so don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, but I mean, about what you want to do with your life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you, especially if you come from a fit where, like, it's pretty great to have college paid for, uh-huh. and you're really good at this, and then you're just stuck doing this. You know, I hadn't thought of that angle, years but old, that's really true. Because we learn, even at 14, and this is going to come back, during games in high school, Aaron would be knocked out completely cold on the field, and EMTs would carry him off as a teenager. Yeah, and then, you know, we meet Dennis his best friend's dad and the dad's like even kids learn at an early age in a a midget football field don't come off the field you play hurt you do not get taken off the field you play through the pain that is so that's so garbagey so dangerous it's not only physically dangerous it just teaches the worst lesson i can think of to teach young boys a young anyone yeah but especially young boys who like want to go into football and be tough and whatever like you guys i know i know so The thing about Dennis Hernandez, Aaron's dad, is that he was like a pillar of the community. They called him the king. And he really built something for himself. You know, first generation immigrant from Puerto Rico. And you know, it kind of was the American dream of being a good father, of being a good man, being a good leader in the community. And and he did that well. The king. Is that true? People called him the king or was he just known as... Oh, he was the king. Mm, I don't so, like that either. I don't like it either. We get this whole section where Aaron's like, look, I really liked football. My dad is like a former football star. He saw talent in me and my brother, and he was really fucking hard on us. Like, it was tough. Yeah, he's very hard on me. We work all summer. If I drop a ball, it's 100 push-ups. So he was like a superstar and a pillar of the community, but he was a drinker and yes. had a, a very violent streak. Violence was super common in the house. The domestic violence between uh, Dennis and Aaron's mother is just, it's un speakable. It's horrifying. I just want to pause on the fact that like Terry, the mom, wasn't taking any of it lying down. Like there's this story where Dennis comes home like late one night drunk and she gets so mad that she hits him with a phone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh my God, Terry. That's one of those like the wall mounted phones where you can tell he's yelling at her. She's standing next to the phone and she like looks at it. She's like, yeah, I'm going to do this. She takes it off the cradle and just cracks him on the head with it. Yeah. Yeah. 
all of this, as we're learning about his his history and childhood, we get more phone conversations with Aaron from prison. Yeah. He's talking to his fiance about how mad he is and how he's shaking and he has such a temper and his knees are shaking. Like, he's trying to express that he cannot control his anger. My whole body's shaking right now. And why is it shaking? I had to call you to come down. I was about to beat somebody's ass. Why? What happened? Was an argument about a game? Yeah. Really, Aaron? Yeah. <laughs> really? Holy shit. You care too much of what people think about you. It has nothing to do about that. It does, because you feel like you're going to be a type of, like, pussy if you walk away or you don't do something about the situation. The thing that I love about this is that, like, Shayana, like, dresses him down. She's like, girl, what are you, you're fighting about a game? Like, you're fighting about, like, somebody, like, was picking on you for something that you did in your famous football life? Like, you have to have a thicker skin than that. And Aaron's like, I know, I know. And then she says, like, you're getting ready to cry. Are you mad? I I can't stop. My knees are shaking like crazy right now. Like, my whole body. Oh, well, I cry when I get extremely mad, so it's okay if you want to cry. Are you about to cry? Because when I get really mad, I cry. And she like gives him a safe space to instead of beating the shit out of somebody, actually get in touch with his emotions. Uh-huh. And he's he literally is like, girl, I want to do that, but I can't do that right here. And because it was, of who will see him, and that's prison life too. I mean, the, it is. But it, I just loved that. Like, if he wasn't a monster who murdered all these people. He married this great woman who, like, knew how to talk to him and, like, knew how to care for him. Like, what a woman, you know? Yeah, I mean, she for sure tries. And it sucks because she's going to do some really unforgivably garbagey things. But, like, what a person she was. Yeah, our introduction to her is like, huh. Yeah. (laughs) But then dot, dot, dot. Yeah. All right, so now we're again back in time. Yeah. And Aaron Hernandez is arrested for the murder of Odin Lloyd. Police showed up at the house of Aaron Hernandez this morning and took the Bristol, Connecticut native away in handcuffs. We see this arrest in his house. And like when I saw it the first time, I was like, what is happening? Like his hands are behind his back, but not through his arm sleeve. Right. So what you realize is that he was shirtless when he was arrested. They cuffed him with the hands behind his back. And then because he's a celebrity, they gave him the courtesy of not being paraded shirtless, which they wouldn't do to many people. Yeah. And one of the cops, who was probably a super fan of his, put a shirt on Over over him like for dignity. You've given me no points for not saying a word about his appearance. Are you gonna? I know. <laughs> you even know, like, I couched it when I said it just like I did just now. Are you gonna? I haven't said a word. Okay. <laughs> okay. So... The thing about it is that, like, again, these the blind devotion of these fans to him. And Boston, I know you get it, that, like, fans in Boston are just, they're really, really very fanatical. Yeah. And so we see all of these social media posts of these people Hernandezing. There are teenage girls at Patriot Place by Gillette Stadium who start posing like this as if this is the Macarena. In a show of solidarity, they're doing that thing where they put their shirt over their arms and they put their hands behind their back. They pose with like all the TMZ photos or whatever, like of him getting arrested like that. And And it's it's not just girls. It's like we see military men, Mm -hmm. we see like bar owner men and young women, like all in solidarity. Like guys, He's a murder suspect. Uh, Exactly. He is a murder suspect. Can you not go to Instagram? Can you wait 30 seconds? (laughs) What are you, a guest? who's just like, oh, was anything murdered? Nope, I can tape over this tape and immediately. Can you wait 20 minutes? You just asked our listeners, what are you, a gas station? What are you, a gas station? <laughs> attendant who's just like, has it been 20 minutes? No, I'll totally erase this tape. Great. 
Can you give it a goo? Can you wait for five seconds? I know. He's a murder suspect. I know, I know. I just have in huge letters, people are, quote, Hernandezing. Hernandezing. But on the other hand, there are people who are trading in their Patriots. Trade. So I literally wrote people who understand how the fucking world works are also lined up exchanging their Patriots jerseys. Or how about the people who are just like, I'm going to wait for 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah totally. I'm not going to get rid of this jersey who that costs an exorbitant amount of money. Yeah, right. It's just a shirt with some names, with some letters and numbers on it. Ha- whatever. Or the, the- You tried to say that to me when, when I was like 17 and wearing my The Who's Tommy on Broadway jacket. It's more than words and letters, Jillian. Yeah. Look, I'm just kidding. Whatever. You can have a jersey for if you love somebody. That's fine. Um, but like, I want to know about the people who were like, I waited. I waited till I made totally. my decision. I just like got all the facts right. and then made my decision. Instead of burning a jersey or Hernandezing. Can we meet in the middle? Is that too much to ask? Can we meet in the middle? No? Great. So now the prosecutors are saying that Aaron Hernandez conspired with two of his friends from Bristol, Connecticut, which is where he's from, which is not that far from where he lives now in Boston. Yeah. And it's Ernest Wallace and Carlos Ortiz. And they just look like idiots. I'm sorry. Like, if you're going to kill somebody, these aren't the two idiots you want to do it with. And Dan Wetzel, a journalist who's with us throughout, basically is like, These guys were small-time crooks. One of them had been convicted of stealing bicycles. This was not a hardcore crew that he had put together. These were guys that were trying to hang on with Aaron Hernandez. He was the star. These were hangers on. About. Right. These are these are small time crooks. They're yeah. not uh, big time guys. They are involved in a murder, and one of them's like most serious record is that they had been arrested for stealing bicycles. Which, by the way, don't do that. When I, if I could get simply safe for a bike, I totally would. When I was a kid, I had my bike stolen twice. Really? Twice. That, that's a big thing in New York. People will steal from outside your apartment door, like in hallways. Like I've had friends who had their bike stolen from their hallway. Don't leave your bike in the hallway. That's stupid. Who a bike in New York City. I, a lot of people. I know. I know I'm in the minority here. I'm just saying it's so dangerous. <laughs> now that I've thought about it, if you leave your bike in the hallway, you deserve to have it stolen. Deserve. Or bring it on the subway. Then why do you have the bike? Oh my God. Then ride the bike. <laughs> right? And then they're always the one. I have to get out of your way? I, <laughs> I don't think so. They're never the ones who wait for everyone to get off the subway. They're always pushing it with their bike mm-hmm. because they need the real estate. They need the space. Please. <laughs> Girl, I feel like we are on some weird kind of fire tonight. Well, guess what? We have to bring it way down. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? We have to talk about Tanya Singleton, oh. Aaron's cousin. Oh, my God. You guys, Tanya Singleton is not to be messed with. No. So she was like a mother to Aaron, and we'll learn We'll learn what happened <laughs> with Terry and the whole mess. But like, he was closer to, with Tanya than he was to Terry. Like They were super, super close. And also... Tanya is basically dying from a very, very aggressive form of breast cancer. God is with me every step of the way. Yes, he is. And he's going to see me through, and there ain't no greater doctor than him. He's going to take the cancer away, and I'm going to be here to raise my boys. You know, and to be here for you. It's very sad. We kind of only see her like in news footage. She's on the stand, yeah. like literally refusing to testify. She's so loyal to Aaron that she's going to break the law and refuse to testify. But she's got like a head wrap because, you know, she doesn't have any hair because of the chemotherapy. Yeah. She's a mother of like two young boys. And they don't even say she has breast cancer. They say she's dying of breast yeah, cancer. Yeah, it, it's just very dire. But the reason we meet, she's in trouble. Yeah. She tried to help the two small time crooks that we learned about. Uh-huh. Ernest Wallace and 
and Carlos Ortiz. She tried to help them get away after Odin Lloyd's death. She, one of them, she drove to Georgia and then bought a bus ticket to Florida. It's like, girl, you just if you're gonna, go the extra state. I was gonna say, if you're gonna drive him to Georgia, you may as well take him to Tampa. But they say, like, look, and she was a key figure in the investigation because she became someone who knew a lot about what had happened in the days following Odin Lloyd's death. So we learned that Aaron Hernandez's trial for the murder of Odin Lloyd is taking place before, during, and after the Patriots' Super Bowl run. Which is very awkward for everybody. The judge says people will not be allowed inside the room if they are wearing or carrying anything with images of the NFL, the New England Patriots team, or any football-related insignia on it. The judge has to tell people in the courtroom... (laughs) Look, everyone, listen up. I don't want to see a football jersey in this courtroom. If I do, held in contempt. Let's go. Try me. Try me. She also tells the also, jury. Also, who wears a goddamn football jersey to court? To court? I know. Grow up. I know. I know. Grow up. Honestly, be an adult. I know. I know. Put the sports aside for five seconds. If you're going to a goddamn murder trial, show some respect. But also, the judge tells them, look. I am not going to forbid you um, from uh, watching the Super Bowl game, but I am going to ask you to be especially vigilant. You have to avoid uh, uh, anything that has anything to do with this case or Mr. Hernandez. You think you're not going to hear about that watching the Super Bowl? Right. She's like, look, I'm not a monster. Of course, you can watch the Super Bowl like a goddamn American. Uh, But really, just if you can, try to avoid anything about the Patriots as a whole, who's in the Super Bowl, and Aaron Hernandez, who used to be a Patriot but was fired because he murdered some guy. Exactly. Please just try your best. Yep. So January 29th, 2015, the murder trial of Odin Lloyd begins. So, like, we're in the courtroom, like, watching the first day of, like, the proceedings or whatever, and we're learning, like, sort of, like, what happened that night. So, we're seeing text messages from the night of the murder. He told Odin Lloyd that he, the defendant, Aaron Hernandez, was going to come up to his house that night. He also texted two of his friends who were then in Connecticut, Ernest Wallace Carlos Ortiz. Also, the footage they have. I know. There's a camera on every corner. There's a camera outside Odin Lloyd's house. There's a camera every mile on the highway. <laughs> we are. It's, it's unbelievable how the prosecution can recreate their night in almost real time. It's crazy. It's kind of bizarre. Yeah. So we see the, the three guys who are accused of this murder, Aaron Hernandez, Ortiz, and Wallace, mm-hmm. drive up to Odin Lloyd's house and they pick him up and he gets in the car. And super weird vibe. Like instantly. Yeah. And we know this. Why? Because Odin Lloyd starts sending text messages just to his sister like Odin's concerned enough that as they're driving back towards Aaron's house he texts his sister do you know who I'm with NFL just so you know girl girl if these text messages could talk it would be like I'm in danger girl I'm in danger you know how you can like send with celebration or it's like send with high pitched Patrick voice like oh my god yeah and what he's Send with, oh Oh my my God. God. Because it's terrifying, really, to be in a car like that. It must have been terrifying to know that he has to text his sister. But he's doing it cryptically. Right. He asks her, he goes, do you know who I'm with? NFL. Just so you know. Yeah. This is so heartbreaking and terrifying to me. And so by 3.30, they drive to this secluded place. In North Attleboro, which is where Aaron lives. And Odin Lloyd is shot six times. 
times. And it's like in the back, in the head, in the arm. It's just fucking terrible. It's and like, horrible. We see in the courtroom like his mother has to be taken out listening to the ceremony. It's terrible. It's so bad. And we meet Mike Massey. Yeah. Who's a friend and teammate of Odin Lloyd, the guy with the long hair. He's great. I love this guy. But he's basically just telling us about Odin Lloyd and he's like... They were best friends. Yeah. And like, look, the thing about Odin Lloyd is that he plays on a minor league football team. The difference between a minor league football team and the NFL is literally community theater and Broadway. Yeah. It's like not even in the same universe. And so he's like, Boston is gritty, man. We was coming up as kids back in the 80s and 90s. Number one rule is either you a customer or you a hustler. Either you on the drugs or you selling the drugs or you somewhere around. If you ain't selling it, then you helping the drug dealers. You going to the store for them. And the thing about that, like community theater, like Broadway comparison, yeah. it is really about like luck of the draw and who you know. Because Odin Lloyd was as good, if not better, than Aaron Hernandez. Right. It was just his circumstance. Because Mikey says, like, the people in Roxbury, Dorchester, Mattapan, Odin was our celebrity. Hernandez was nobody to us. So the way we look at it is different. Odin had everything. Wait a second. Aaron who? Right. Like Odin Lloyd was our superstar and yeah. he was a pillar of the community and he should have been the famous one. Exactly. Okay, so now we're back in the courtroom and here's what we have to deal with. We've mentioned this, but like it is a very fucking weird fact that I hope we get more answers about. Aaron's fiance, Shayana, mm-hmm. her sister is Shanaya, who is Odin Lloyd's girlfriend. Odin Lloyd is the one that Aaron murdered. Right. So they're two sisters, different sides of the courtroom. And we see Shayana Aaron's wife on the stand and they ask her point blank are you close with your sister and and it is really fucking awkward are you close as sisters have you been in the past fam I I mean we've strange kind of but then they ask her like did you used to be close and she's like saying no like we were never close and we see how that is just a lie it's a lie it's one of many lies that she tells yeah um, but basically she picked Aaron Hernandez over her sister right but now oh my god we <laughs> get security footage from inside Aaron Hernandez's house so we learn at some point that when they went to Aaron Hernandez's house to like get the security footage it had been tampered with and he hadn't erased it all he had erased some of the own security tapes from his house but not all of them hold, hold tight everybody yeah. We'll get back to it. <laughs> so of the footage that we have, we see Shania on the stand. She's Odin's girlfriend talking about the moment that she learned that he had been killed. Some point where you awakened uh, later in the night or the early morning hours. Yes. And um, how were you awakened? By a phone call. And approximately uh, how long did that call last? 10, 15 minutes. And uh, did you learn something at that time? Yes. And what did you learn? That Odin was dead. And then we see the home security footage in Aaron's house. She was at Aaron's house with her sister when she found out. We see this embrace between the two of them. Hugging. That lingers for like a minute and a half. Right. They were close. Yeah, they're only estranged like since the trial. Yeah, Shayana, to say that you weren't ever close with your sister is just a lie. Why are you lying about that? She lies about a lot. Yeah. I know. We, we got to put a pin in that real quick. Yeah. Because now Netflix in its infinite wisdom just cuts to a phone call with Aaron and Shayana fighting. <laughs> <laughs> because what'd you do today nothing Aaron I was involved in a search warrant again today that's what I did today I know I heard about that but why are you giving attitude because I'm frustrated with you and everybody else why me because I wouldn't be in this situation if it wasn't for you he's like how was your day and she was like another day another search warrant that's yeah. how my goddamn day was how was yours <laughs> 
And she eventually said she's very honest. And maybe like you should be asking her like, girl, you know, this is all recorded, right? (laughs) Because she says, I wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for you. But then she says again, whatever, hours of cleaning up after your shit, whatever. The person you called has hung up. I always end up cleaning after your shit, whatever. So we're back to the night of the murder. And this journalist is like, huh, in court, he's saying he didn't do it. But in the exact amount of time it would take for Aaron Hernandez to drive home from the scene of the murder Mm -hmm. to his house in that exact amount of time, we see him pulling into the driveway. And this is also security footage he didn't think to delete. Right. Because we see it. He deleted some, just not this stuff. Just not this stuff. Because we see Aaron Hernandez, Ortiz, and Wallace pulling up to Aaron's house. We also see Aaron Hernandez walking around his house at what must be 4.30 in the morning at this point with a gun. So, like, the whole thing about this is, like, when you look at the picture, it's obviously a gun. Right. But everyone is like, what appears to be a gun. What looks like maybe it's a gun. Yeah. Including, we get Shayana on the stand and the prosecutor is saying to her, I'm just going to have you look at this item and ask you if you recognize that item. No. I mean, you, I can't see the full item. It's not depicted here, so. Does that assist you at all, ma'am? I mean, only a black blob it looks like right now. Girl. Look at what he's holding. What is that? She's like, I don't know. I don't I, really I see. I can't really see the and image. So they zoom in and he's like, does that help? She's like, no, but it just looks like a black blob. You guys, it's as though he's holding a gun up to the camera. You can see his finger in the trigger. Exactly. Which is like, oh my God, oh my God. Shayana, what like, the fuck what? is wrong with you? Now the thing is, they need to find this black blob, aka the murder weapon. Shall we? <laughs> So they're searching everywhere. They're in scuba deer. There's like a pond yeah. that they're in now. It's just. So Which to me seems like the most terrifying fucking job. Like to the, just like search like swampy water yeah, for like, like a weapon. I know. Like it's Boston. The bodies you're going to find at the bottom of that fucking pond. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's like going into the Hudson. You're looking for the gardener art. Am I right, Boston? Oh my God. <laughs> So they're like, look, we can't find it. This guy only deleted like half of the security tapes. Uh Uh-huh. This fiance seems super loyal. Maybe she helped him get rid of it. You guys... We get a text message. No one deletes texts. I, or they just, there's like a great backup system. I don't know, whatever. You right. guys, everything is listening to us all the time and not just these microphones. My whole phone is going to be sending me ads for like how to get rid of a weapon. Right. I'll be like, girl. Restaurants in North Attleboro. Yeah. And thank God I can go to the cops like, it's my job. It's my job. My search history. Uh, how long does it take for a body to smell? I know that was a really bad week. It's literally my job. It's totally. literally, you could see when the podcast episode came out. Oh, that's totally. why I have a planner where I write everything down. So Aaron sends her a text that says, Go in the back of the screen in the movie room. There is a box just in case you were looking for it. Just in case you were looking for it. There's a bo- So behind the movie theater screen that right. he has in his home, there's a box. That's a hidden box. A cut to video, home security footage. That he Sha- didn't delete. That he didn't delete of Shayana taking out the garbage with a perfect outline of this like square box that they're like, that's the gun box. Like the bag is about to rip on a corner of it. Right. <laughs> And she's like, it's heavy. She's like struggling with it. I have in my notes. Apparently, it's the perfect size of a gun lockbox, says the news. I didn't know that. But it looks like a box. I see a text message. The box is over there in case you're looking for it. I see a box. That's it. Here's my question, though. They ask her about this on the stand. Does she acknowledge that it was a gun lockbox? She was like, I threw out trash. She acknowledges that she disposed of a box in a dumpster, but she doesn't know where. And during that time, did you do anything with the box that was in the bag that was in the trunk of the car. I did. And what did you do with it? I disposed of it. And when you say you disposed of it, well, where did you dispose of it? Um, in a dumpster. And where was the dumpster? I don't know. 
And the prosecution's like, okay, girl. Uh, <laughs> you have selective memory, very clearly. Uh-huh. Her testimony doesn't make any sense. And one of the talking heads is like... It's just never all made sense. The jury found it laughable. No matter what she said, you know, they weren't going to believe much of it because she doesn't seem credible. The jury found it laughable. Right. She's like, I, I threw out that thing. It, there wasn't a box. Oh, it was a box? I th- <laughs> Yes, it was at a dumpster where? I don't know. Like, <laughs> you don't think any of this is suspicious, girl? I know. Like, she's just, she's a liar, but she's a bad liar. And why are you lying for him? Shayana, I don't get it. Like, I every know. single thing I know about you from before this is that you're like a smart woman, mother. I don't understand why you're lying for him. He killed your sister's boyfriend. I don't get it. Yeah. So, guys, we're back to Dennis. Dennis, from the beginning of the episode that I said we'd get back to, you know who we're about to talk about. Right. Not Dennis Hernandez, the dad. No, no, no. no. Dennis, the, Dennis the high the, school friend. The best friend, the twin. We had all the dimples, whatever. He's telling us about, like, one of their first days of school. My dad was a correctional officer, so he was already at work. Aaron came over, and we did. We smoked two blunts. We got my dog high, and we walked right up to the school, first day of school, like king shit, quarterback, tight end stone happy. Aaron comes to his house. They get high. They get the dog high. Which I, I have in my notes. Fuck off. I know. I know. I know. It's terrible. I just got done with the cats thing. Please. I know. I know. I thought I'd be safe with the sports. Nope. I know. The nope. sports and the gays. Nope. nope. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> so he's like, Spoiler. We, we got high. We got the dog high. We walked up to school like king shit. And then this is not a bombshell. If you listen to the podcast or you paid attention to this news, you know that there was a guy that came out of the woodwork who was like, I had a sexual relationship with Aaron Hernandez when I was in high school. This is the guy dennis who's like two camera with his own dad tim Uh, tim which i just love he says this thing he actually says like it wasn't just me like aaron was having sex with lots of people he explains that they had according to him they had an on and off again relationship from seventh grade to junior year and he says so you know me and aaron experimented and it was something that i'll be honest with that we continued because we probably enjoyed it um hello hello you guys, that was not planned. That whole, I know. We, were, we were like, you have it in your notes too, right? So Dennis says to us, it was weird. It was like after doing it, it was like, fuck, does, does, did someone catch us? Did, did someone know? Dude, if we get caught, like, it's ruined. Like, our parents are going to disown us. Aaron was deathly afraid that his dad would find out. He says his dad was the kind of guy who would slap the anti-gay f-word right out of you and the way dennis says it i know like it it jarred me it's so real though yeah yeah yeah, no totally parents felt that way and dennis's dad who he's definitely a ham like he's definitely like mugging for the camera but dennis's dad says in front of his own son like i was a young father fresh out of the marine corps a corrections officer coaching football with two all-american boys If I told you that I didn't want both of my sons to be heterosexual, I'd be lying to you. Of course I wanted both of my sons to be heterosexual. What are you kidding me? He says, looking back on that dad. And then he says, now like, oh my God, I'm going to sob. Yeah. He's like, I feel so sad that you felt like that you couldn't be yourself around me. I would say that I feel terrible for the way you must have felt at that age. If there's any blame or shame to be put here, it's on me. I was homophobic just as much as Mr. Hernandez was. 
I get emotional about it because it's for a person to have that kind of change of heart is so rare and mm. so beautiful. Yeah. And anyway, it's just like it, it's a beautiful moment between Dennis and his dad. Yeah. So the rest of this episode really talks about this. And so we meet this Ryan guy who was a, a former New England Patriot and he started playing football because of his dad and he knew he was gay from very young and he had to suppress it. And he says that my beard was football. Just in general, football is a very masculine sport, and I, I relied on all the stereotypes of, of a football player. We need to slow down on that because he says football was my beard, and that is such an antiquated, that is like from the 40s or something. I know. Beard? Then I was like, that's so funny. No, I, no one's gonna know what a beard is. You guys, Ryan comes back to tell us what a beard is. People in the gay community use the slang term beard. Um, a beard is, is, for a gay man, a beard would be the female you date uh, as a uh, cover for your sexuality. So we're back to trial and Aaron's dad died when he was 16. And it's fucking terrible. Like, of course, like dad dies, it's awful. And it was like routine surgery and it went bad and oh my God. horrible. Hernia surgery. Her- I'm never getting surgery for anything ever again, girl. Horrible, horrible. I know. But his dad was garbage, so yeah. whatever. <laughs> but now we're back to Terry. Yeah. So just a couple months after Dennis, the father, died, Terry, Aaron's mother, started having an affair with Tanya, the cousin with cancer. Not with Tanya. Not with Tanya. Her husband. I know. Jeff. Yes. Girl? And like this Terry, guy, come on. He girl. moves into the house really quickly and we get the best friend Dennis, his dad who's mugging to the camera. His dad has a lot of really like very emotional things to say about this. Right. A young man, Aaron's age, you don't want to wake up on Sunday morning and see some other dude making bacon in his underwear in your house, sleeping in your father's bed. So this must have thrown him into such a tizzy, I can't even imagine. It's so crazy. And then Aaron has his own, he tells us, tells his mother, but us now, because yeah. every conversation in prison is recorded. Every, right. Everyone needs a reminder of this. Yeah. And he's yelling at her. You made decisions that there's, you don't, like, that are the worst. I don't put you down and you fucked my whole life up. Oh, you don't put me down, but I fucked your whole life up. I ain't living with that. You did. It is, but I forgave you and it's over with. Yes, you did. I was the happiest fucking little kid in the world and you fucked me up. And I just lost my father and I had to go to college and I had nobody. What the fuck do you think I was going to do? Become a perfect angel? Yeah. You fucked my whole life up. I forgave you. But he's, ye- I mean, he's really yelling at her. Yeah. Not raising his voice, yelling at her. But the point of all of this is like, Aaron stops sleeping at home. He's This is when he starts like spending all this time with Tanya. And it's at Tanya's house where he meets Ortiz and Wallace, the two guys who are going to be like the accomplices in the murder. He's this young kid hanging out with all of these like bad people. They're smoking like weed laced with PCP, like yeah. really crazy shit. So when the investigators into the Odin Lloyd murder find out, whoa, whoa, wait, Aaron Hernandez met these people at Tanya's house? Yeah. No, we got to focus on the house, right? <laughs> like there's got to be some stuff there. Yeah. The police, we have footage of this. The police go straight to the house. Burp, they're just right there. <laughs> they open the garage and suddenly just on a silver platter, a silver SUV, <laughs> it's just there. It has it. There's like cobwebs. It it's just looks like this car is hidden here, right? Right. It hasn't been moved in years. Yeah. So we learn that through police sources, that car, that silver SUV from Tanya the Cousin's garage was involved in an unsolved double murder in Boston. Different case, different jurisdiction. You guys, this is insane. Safira Furtado and Daniel Diabreu 
were hardworking immigrants from Cape Verde. They worked two jobs, cleaning at night. They had been found shot and killed outside of a nightclub in the theater district of Boston. The car was shot up after they left the nightclub, and that witnesses remember seeing a silver SUV speeding away from the scene. Here's the thing. It happened in the theater district, and they say it happened outside a nightclub. Guys, we're playing our live show at a nightclub in the theater district. I'm kind of convinced it is the same place. (laughs) What? I know. It's true. What? And the theater district is not big in Boston. We are going to be, like, right where it happened. Oh, my God. So, anyway, at the end of this episode, we find out that... The Suffolk County Grand Jury returned indictments charging Aaron Hernandez with two counts of first-degree murder for the shooting deaths of Daniel De Abreu and Safiro Furtado. Aaron Hernandez, who's in jail for this Odin Lloyd murder, is now charged in this double murder that happened right outside this club in the South End in Boston. And this, like, investigative reporter says to us, This double murder that Hernandez is now indicted for happened in July of 2012. About a month later... He signed a five-year, $40 million contract with the Patriots. Hang on a second. If this is really true, he would have killed these two guys and gone on to play a whole season of football. Who does that? The Patriots. Right. <laughs> and a bunch of people were cheering for him. And, and that's why it's so hard for people to be like, wait, my what? I know. I have to give up my what, my what jersey? I know. He did what? <laughs> it's fucking crazy. And I hope it's not the nightclub that we're playing in Boston. <laughs> Speaking of side goobs, yeah. we got to figure out where that was. That's true. Hey fam, thanks for checking out episode one of Killer Inside, The Mind of Aaron Hernandez. The other two episodes are available to binge right this second on the Patreon feed. That's where you can also find over 130 full bonus episodes to binge right this second, including our episode-by-episode coverage of Don't F With Cats, The Murder of Lacey Peterson, The Menendez Murders, The Jinx, Season 1 of Serial, The Staircase, and so many more. Just head on over to patreon.com slash truecrimeobsessed or go to our website, click on the Patreon link. All right, you guys, we love you. Bye.